slinging the green and gold worldwide on the web at CentexSportsFan.com. This is the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. Yeah, it does sneak up on you. No matter how much time it, it, it appears to be, um, it's amazing how you th- you look back and it's like, didn't we just didn't we just end? You know, and and it's April and now it's it's almost October. So um, really, just looking forward to seeing how this team does. You know, kind of put one foot in front of the other and and get better at some of the simple things. The John Moore Show is brought to you by Amanda Cunningham. Coldwell Banker Apex Realtor by Alliance Bank Central Texas by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat your friend in the car business by the Baylor Club at McLean Stadium on the web at thebaylorclub.com by Kaleo Wealth Management and by Diamore Fine Jewelers 4541 West Waco Drive where Waco gets engaged yeah, you, whenever uh, the Big 12 schedule comes out, you're like, man, that's a tough schedule. But that's, again, what makes the Big 12 the Big 12. Um, the, the thing that will be a little different is getting used to not playing everybody twice and uh, uh, when you play them. And uh, I know uh, we're blessed because, again, um, when you're in the Big 12, there are no bad losses. But at the same time, there's no easy wins. So uh, you get the uh, – the excitement of each and every game is going to be a battle, and uh, uh, you got to bring it if you want to have a chance to be successful. And then, obviously, with the non-conference, we've always tried to play uh, uh, a challenging non-conference schedule. Our players want to play that, and our fans want to see that, and uh, most of all, that gets us ready for what we're going to face in conference. On the road with the Bears, he is the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Hello, everybody. It is a gorgeous Tuesday afternoon here at ESPN ESPN Central Texas. This is the John Morris Show, and today it is the best of the John Morris Show. John is in Houston handling some MC and hosting duties for the Baylor Coaching the uh, Baylor basketball coaches, uh, Coach uh, Colin and Coach Drew today. So he is not in studio. He was going to do it remote, but because of a weather situation down in Houston, he was not able to do that. So today you will hear some of John's best interviews from the past months, including some all-time Baylor greats. We'll hear from Santana Dodson uh, from his lunch with a legend that John hosted an all-time Baylor football great. We will start off the day, though, with a close personal friend of John's, his co-worker, his co-broadcaster on Baylor men's basketball, Pat Nunley, former Baylor basketball standout himself and the color commentator for Baylor men's basketball. He is an electee into the 2023 Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame. John was able to talk with him about that, his career, uh, playing his career in the broadcast booth, his time with the great Frank Fallon, that and much more. Here is John's conversation with Pat Nunley. You're listening to the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. It's time now for a visit with an electee to the Baylor Athletic Hall of Fame. Here's John Morris with one of Baylor's all-time greats. 
You know, I enjoy these visits each week. We're visiting with all of the electees to this year's class to the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame and Wall of Honor. I enjoy all of them. Let me say that. But this one just uh, takes on a little different different level. And in studio, Aaron, we are in the presence of a Hall of Famer. Pat Nunley joins us in studio. Welcome to you. Thank you. It, it's always a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be here in person. Yeah, this I like is that. A cool, it's a cool studio. And um, I've listened to a couple of your other interviews, yeah. Dennis and uh, Quiz. Yeah, yeah. And I'll catch the other ones. But it's it's been fun. It's yeah. just been a lot of fun to be a part of it. Well, Congratulations to you. I mean, that just states the obvious, but what was that like? Walter is the guy that has that great job <laughs> with the B Association, gets to call those that, that have been selected for the Hall of Fame. I'm envious, you know, of him being the one to, to be able to call you guys. What was that like when he called you and told you the news? Well, it stunned me because I had no earthly idea, never thought about it, didn't even know that it was on the radar. And to get that call on a Saturday afternoon, I'm washing windows out behind my house. And, you know, why is Walter calling me? Yeah. And uh, it took me a little while, frankly. He told me, give it a couple of weeks because we haven't announced it yet. And so I did. And it was good that I had that time because <laughs> I really had to I had to stew on it yeah. and ponder it and think it through because it's um, – it's what, John, 45, 46? No, it's 46 years coming up, I guess. Yeah. He's a player of 42. It will be 42 this year. <laughs> so, you know, you don't just. You're not that old, number one, but but you we, are. We are the same age. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's true. Well, I, I'm so happy for you. I think it's very deserving, you know, your playing career and then uh, stepping right off the floor and working with Frank for all those years. But, so the call from Walter, you said, was out of the blue. Was it like when Frank Fallon calls you and says, uh, Pat, I can't do it. Pat, I'd like for you to work uh, radio alongside me. What was that like? You know, I've tried to do that voice, too. You can't do it. We can't do it. There is one Frank Fallon voice. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, it belongs to Frank Fallon. It was completely out of the blue. Huh. I'm working. I'm just biding my time before law school starts. Yeah. And one hot Texas summer afternoon. Out of the blue, I get a call from Frank Fallon, and he says, we're going to start the radio network. I'm coming over from KWTX. You want to help me? And I said, well, of course, of course. But I had no training for it, <laughs> had rarely spoken in front of a microphone, uh. and I wondered why in the world he was calling me to do it. And I've told you this story, John. But shortly after that, he told me the job didn't pay anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then I said, okay, this makes sense now. Classic. Now That's I know classic. why he's calling me. Right. Yeah. Who would do this job for, for free? <laughs> Pat's a good guy. I bet he'd do that. And I don't know where I was on the list. Yeah. But yeah, I was the one schmuck who would yeah. say, sure, let's do, let's uh, go. You were and, number one. And I was glad. You were number one. That's great. What about that experience working alongside Frank Fallon? Wasn't that great? It was great. Yeah. It was great because I was, you and I both were in awe of him. Absolutely. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm sitting next to him and we're doing a game together. And I just wanted to listen to him. Mm. And he really did have to coach me up on saying enough, but not saying too much mm. and when to talk and when not to talk. And I had a lot to learn around that. And he was, he was like being coached by your grandfather. Yeah. 
And that was that was wonderful. But I, I learned a great deal. But I, I really think I, I had to get past the Mr. Fallon thing, first of all. <laughs> Same. You see, yeah, right? <laughs> right. It was like, please don't call me Mr. Fallon right. on the air. That's right. just not a good sound. <laughs> so I got past that and just learned from him. And it, it took me a while to feel like we were doing this together rather than I'm sitting next to Frank and yeah. just trying to let him take a drink of water every time he needs one. But it, it, it slowly, but slowly worked out. It was so much fun. Very cool. Uh, let's go back to uh, how, how did you get to Baylor originally? Uh, I know Tommy Newman was a big yeah. part of you actually coming from Richland High School to Baylor. Yeah, he was highly recruited as a high school coach. Yeah, uh, He was president of the Texas Association of Basketball Coaches, all of that, and was just an unbelievably good high school coach. And so I'm being recruited some. He's being recruited. And I'm thinking wherever he goes, if he'll take me, I'm going. Is that right? Because yeah. oh yeah, because uh-huh. I wanted to play for him. Yeah, for as long as I possibly could. And Coach Dawson had retired, or moved on, and Coach Haller moved up into his spot, took the head coaching job. Coach Haller calls Coach Newman and says, "Please come down. Got a spot for you." And I, again, I don't know whether it was a package deal. Probably not. But Coach Newman had my back and uh, had the just the unbelievably good fortune of playing another four years for him. Mm. Taught me everything I'll ever know about basketball. Tell everybody the backstory. Another um, option for Coach Newman, and you probably would have gone with him, mm-hmm. was Evansville. That's right. Yeah. And Evansville back in those days, John, was a, a really good mid-major. Okay. You know, it was like Butler back in the day. Yeah. And so they had a, a program that was thriving, and Coach Newman's best friend had taken the head job at Evansville and said, Tommy, come up. I want you to, to be on my staff. Tommy said, I got this guy, Nunley. Yeah, we've heard of him. Bring him. <laughs> and so they send Tommy a contract, and he's about to sign it. He says, we're going. And I, and I know nothing about this. I <laughs> really? heard this story for the first time. Cassandra and I were having dinner with Coach Newman, and he told me the story. Never heard it. Wow. Like 10 years ago. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Wow. And so the rest of the story is he said, I, I've got the contract. I'm about to put pen to, to paper to sign it. And he just said, I, you know, Baylor's probably a better deal for me. I'm from Fort Worth. I'll be close to my family. I know Texas. And so he decided not to go there and go on to Baylor. And I went with him. Well, he tells me 10 years ago about that. And the rest of that story is in December, see, that was 1981. In December of 81, the Evansville plane goes down with every player on board, the athletic director, coaching staff, everybody crashes into the side of a mountain. And Coach Newman told me, we were on that plane. I mean, we were on that plane. Yeah. Had I not just decided at the last second to move on to Baylor. And um, it's as I tell the story now, it gives me chills. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Wow. Well, Baylor's good fortune that you and Coach Newman ended up here. Uh, you were, uh, I love telling the story, and I tell it every chance I get, about the night you and Vinny combined to yes. score 61. Oh, that's yeah. that's great. You know that story, Aaron, right? It was February of 1979. I have heard versus TCU. It was a legendary night. It was a legendary it was. night. 
Vinny had 50. Pat had 11. A couple but of Hall of Famers combined well, for a exactly, magical evening. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's another wrinkle to the story now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 61 combined points. But you, you played with Vinny Johnson. Yep. And then you played with Terry Teagle during your time here. How about that? Yeah. Those two. Who, by the way, Terry is going into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame October the 11th. Yes. I'll be there. Yes. A uh, bunch of our teammates are going to come down as well. Nice. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable players. Good guys. Uh, but again, and I was telling Jerry earlier in the week, that was my first introduction to how real basketball was played. Mm. I mean, that was the real deal. And I had not been around that. I had not played that way in high school. We had really good teams, but a very structured, very organized, very patient. And, you know, all of a sudden, razzle-dazzle <laughs> uh, Vinny and then Terry, who was just athletically a freak. Yeah. And I just had never seen anything like it. They were fun to play with. They were good guys. They were really, really good teammates. But that was my first introduction to big-time basketball. Did you and Vinny come in the same year? We did. Okay. Yep. So you came in, and then Terry was a couple of years later. Yes. And just both prolific scores, but different ways to, and make the point, without the three-point line. Yeah. Think how many points those two would have scored without the three, with a three-point line. Oh, yeah. Terry Teagle would have broken the Southwest Conference scoring record he had. He broke while he was here, and he would have done that in half the time. Yeah. Uh, Vinny a little different, because Vinny, I mean, I could... I could beat Vinny and Horse if we were shooting out, you know, from yeah. 15 to 20 feet out. But his thing was he wanted contact. He wanted to bang you around. You know, you think of, of defensive guys banging on the offensive guy. He was an offensive guy that was banging on the defense. That's, that's the way he played. The more contact, the better. And when he got the ball in the lane, uh, it didn't matter how many people you put on, he was going to score. That's right. Yeah. And I just stood out there in the corner saying, if any of you have any trouble, just this is where I'll be. I'll be standing <laughs> here. Me. Yeah, that's right. There was a lot of clear out. Clear out a one side of, for Vinny, wasn't oh, there? That was our best play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we ran it very effectively. But you were a big part of the success of those teams, and you guys had some successful years, and you like to make the point, Jim Haller was uh, Southwest Conference Coach of the Year in there. He was. My senior year, we, we went undefeated in the heart of Texas Coliseum. We, uh, I think we were picked to finish seventh or mm. something. We yeah. finished second. And, um, yeah, Jim was the Southwest Conference Coach of the Year. So it was a really good year. Uh, you know, back in those days, the NCAA tournament was 32 teams. And so you would have that next tier of really, really good teams. I say next tier, just teams that didn't get into the 32-team tournament. Uh, I guess it was my freshman, sophomore year. Texas went was a Southwest Conference co-champ. Yeah. Didn't get to the NCAA tournament, goes to the NIT and just mows people down and wins the NIT championship. So it was a great league, really good league. Yeah, very fun. Pat Nunley is with us, electee to the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame. The induction banquet comes up November 3rd. Can't wait. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and, and then you work with Frank, and Frank retires and you talk about a schmuck coming in. <laughs> you keep me on to work with you. And, and lo and behold, we're sitting in Indianapolis in 2021. We're outside the bubble. We were outside the bubble. But we had a front row seat to history as Scott Drew and the Bears win the national championship. Wasn't that great? Oh, I'll never, ever forget it. Yeah. I mean, you talk about chills. I get chills thinking about it. I know. Uh, I heard the other day the, um, oh, the song. 
that they play. One shining moment. One shining moment. How do I, I heard that the other day mm. and it teared me up. Yeah. It, it really did. You know, John, one thing I've been thinking about a lot from, you know, when I get the call from Walter to now mm. November the 3rd is you and I mm. have had an up close and personal look, a behind the scenes look at the greatest turnaround in college basketball history. We just have. That's right. By no any question. account. No question. And so I'm thinking about that, and then, and then this Hall of Fame comes, and I'm thinking, God, I mean, that was, a nut. That was plenty. Yeah. And, and this just is, uh, I can't even really describe. That journey was so memorable and unique. Nobody else has done that. And for us to have been able to be there every step of the way, uh, is a blessing in and of itself. And this is just on top of that sort of, a, you know, can it get any better than this? <laughs> right. That's yeah. right. Right. What about uh, working with Coach Drew and his staff? I mean, there's just nobody better. And the way he includes us, you and I on, you know, on everything really. Uh, gosh, what an experience, great experience that's been. It has been. And you and I have learned a lot from him and from that staff, not mm-hmm. just Scott, mm-hmm. but culturally. How they how they treat people, and I mean everybody. And so we talk a lot, you and I, about going into game day Chapel Scout eat. Yeah. And we're just in the back, kind of minding our own business. And I don't think the coaching staff realizes how much you and I get out of those. Yeah. We just do. I hope they do. I hope they do because it is so meaningful for us. And that's again, you what is you you're known for the company that you keep. Yeah. For you and I to have been able to be that close and and really a part of that environment for all these years, uh, I, I think I am, I know I am better for it. Yeah. yeah. No question. No question. Yeah. No, that is said very well. So w- with your, uh, w- think to no- November 3rd, your acceptance speech, what does Walter tell you? Three to five minutes? That's what I'm told. Come on. Three to five minutes? I, I, we're about 46 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can tell you this, having emceed most of those, well, the last few years emceed those, nobody keeps it to three to five minutes, okay? So take a little bit of latitude there, okay? That's really good to hear. <laughs> I'm, I'm such a, a time freak. Yeah. I mean, I get jicky about I know, time. I know. Somebody says three to five, I'm thinking three to five. Right. So if they decide, I go to six or seven or eight or nine, and if they decide to hook me, I'm going to say, wait a minute, J-Mo said That's, I've got a little it. bit of leeway. Well, I'm, I'll be sitting, I think, right beside the podium, and I'm the one with the hook, so you're a fine. <laughs> okay? Oh, I feel better. You're fine. Oh, I feel so much better because I'm struggling with that. Yeah, I, I knew you would be. One more. Let me go back to Frank one more time. Uh, you were doing color with him, but then had to uh, fill in doing play-by-play, which you do now admirably. Mm. You do No, you do very good. But at that point, which was early on, he asked you to do play-by-play. And uh, so you just kind of went to the source and said, tell me what I need to know. Yeah, that was another call out of the blue. <laughs> was it? Yeah, it was the team's going to Anchorage, Alaska to play in the Top of the World Classic. And uh, lo and behold, nobody can go <laughs> except you. Yeah. So you're going up. No, I didn't go. I, I, oh, yeah, nobody went. No, it was during football. There was a conflict That's with right. football. That's what it was because right. it was in November. Yeah. And I think David Posky was the engineer. D. Posky. So Absolutely. D. Posky and I yep. up on a plane and we were going to Russia. <laughs> Anchorage. And, but I'm, I'm pretty spooked because I've never done it. And again, I'm listening to the master 
do play-by-play for all these games, and all of a sudden he's handing me the baton. And so I said, Frank, I need some advice. Like, tell me, how do I feel dead air, all that? And he handed me, I looked at it the other day when I was talking with Jerry, a list of 28 things to just think about and that could provide a talking point during the broadcast as you're coming back from a break or going to a break or there's a, you know, an injured player or something and you've just got to fill. And it is a masterpiece. It's golden. It, it, it ought to be in the Smithsonian. Yes, you're right. Yeah. And it's funny t- because it's dated too. Yeah. Um, one of the things he said was, make sure the audience knows where the, whether the floor is tartan or wood. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Isn't that great? Yeah. And, and the one that, that I'll always remember <laughs> is he said, I looked at it the other day, never criticize the officials. Yeah. It serves and it is unprofessional. Wow. Now, is that Frank Fowler? That's Fallon? Frank to a T. That's right Frank Fowler. Yeah. Yep. That is great. And you still have that in his handwriting. Yep. In his handwriting that I he do. wrote out for you. I do. That is golden there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you are so deserving of this. I could not be happier for anybody, anybody to be selected to the Athletic Hall of Fame. The banquet's going to be fun. It will be. But uh, we'll just, we're just going to celebrate uh, up until the banquet, and then we'll just continue after that, too. So yeah, congratulations not, to you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, John, it's, it's, this is about us. It is. I mean, I, I think about the people all the time. And, and it is a large list of people that have gone into making everything that we do happen. And so it's a we thing, not a me thing. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Congratulations. Thank Thanks you. for being here. Thank you. All pleasure. right. Pat Nunley going into the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame. November 3rd is the induction banquet. If you'd like to be there, see how long Pat actually goes with his acceptance speech. Uh, tickets are available, 254-710-3045. Tammy Harden will answer, or you can email Tammy, Tammy underscore Harden at Baylor.edu. You can get tickets, uh, individual tickets, a table, a table sponsorship, all of that available. But tickets are going quick. Uh, Walter says, no question, this will sell out. Pat, part of a uh, great, great class going in this year. 254-710-3045 is the number, and hope you can be with us for the induction banquet on November 3rd. That was John and former Baylor great Pat Nunley on his election into this year's class of the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame. Coming up next, we will hear from another Baylor great, one of the all-time Baylor greats for Baylor football and a member of the Baylor Athletic Hall of Fame, Santana Dotson. He spoke at a recent lunch with a legend that John hosted, and we will hear Santana at that lunch of a legend when the John Morris Show continues on ESPN Central Texas. This is ESPN Central Texas. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial business is in good hands. Alliance Bank Central Texas with two Waco locations, also in Temple and Georgetown and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. I'm Joe Kaleo. If you're a small business owner, you know the value of trusted advice. We're here to build a relationship with you and help navigate the financial complexities you may encounter. Your success is our passion. 
Kaleo Wealth Management Group is a Central Texas team at UBS Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. For our client relationship summary disclosures, please visit UBS.com slash relationship summary. You're invited to experience the best carnival in Central Texas at the Heart of Texas Fair and Rodeo this October. Grab the whole family and enjoy fun games, thrilling rides, and all your fair food favorites. Don't miss the opportunity to make memories that will last a lifetime. Purchase a fun pass at your local participating Sefco convenience stores for even more fun and excitement. Each one includes gated mission and unlimited carnival rides each day of the fair for only $90. Visit HotFair.com today for more information. Royal Pizza in Clifton is sure to whet your appetite. Serving the best pizza around. Check out their world-class bacon cheeseburger pizza or their pepperoni extreme. Twice the cheese, twice the pepperoni. Royal Pizza also serves pasta, specialty calzones, salads, and don't forget the wings. Open Monday through Thursday to 9, Friday and Saturday till 10, Sundays till 7. And on Friday night, home football games are open until midnight. Dine in, call in for pickup, or they will deliver. Royal Pizza located at 602 South Avenue G in Clifton. All Around Maintenance is your complete janitorial and construction cleanup service. Whether you're looking for someone to clean your business or you need quick cleanup after a big construction, All Around Maintenance handles the nitty-gritty. We're Real Central Texans, working with your schedule to satisfy your needs since 1996. We'll leave your office, school, restaurant, industrial facility, house of worship, or apartment complex spotless at an honest rate. Visit us today at allaroundmaintenance.net. That's allaroundmaintenance.net. Let us do the dirty work. The source for Baylor athletic news and information, ESPN Central Texas. Attention coaches and parents. Just like you prioritize proper nutrition and conditioning for your kids on game day, remember their dental health too. Stonewood Dental is your mouth's defensive coordinator, preventing toothaches and injuries that could bench them for the season. Their winning playbook, biannual checkups for cleanings and proactive oral health strategies. Stonewood Dental has you covered on and off the field. Call Stonewood Dental for a winning smile. Don't compromise. Get the treatment you deserve. You'll find gifts for the whole family, jewelry, candles, home decor, and wind chimes at China Spring Country Store. They're also an official Purina dealer, featuring bagged and bulk animal feed for all of your farm animals and pets. China Spring Country Store is also the place to find deer protein, deer corn, and deer feeders, outdoor furniture, plus farm and ranch supplies, including gates, panels, and fencing. Go by and say hello to Taylor, Melissa, and the gang at China Spring Country Store, 9030 China Spring Highway, and at ChinaSpringCountryStore.com. The Lorena Athletic Association meets the first Monday of each month and they invite all supporters of the Leopards and Lady Leopards to become members and attend the meetings. Each year, all volunteer Lorena Athletic Association awards college scholarships to deserving Lorena ISD graduating senior student athletes. They also provide needed items each year from the high school and junior high coaches wishes list. The Lorena Athletic Association is seeking volunteers to work concession stands at home sporting events. Call Lorena High School for more information or check them out on Facebook. Waco is known for Texas traditions, a booming economy, and a world-class university. It's a great place to live, and Monk Wilson Mandela is a proud member of the Waco community. Monk Wilson is a business law firm with deep Waco roots. They are proudly embedded in the Waco community and understand the immense potential of this growing city. Their attorneys live in Waco. They understand the court system unique to Waco and throughout Texas. When Monk Wilson attorneys represent you, they help you grow your business and bring relevant ideas to market. More importantly, they protect your business locally and nationally. 
They believe in the power of passionate people and innovative ideas. They believe in Waco. Learn more about Monk Wilson Mandela's Waco office by calling 254-362-2300 or visit their website, monkwilson.com. That's M-U-N-C-K Wilson.com. That number again, 254-362-2300. It is the best of the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. I'm Aaron Sexton. John has hosting and MC duties down in the Houston area where they're having some inclement weather. So we are hearing some of John's best interviews of the last few months. John recently hosted a Lunch with a Legend with former Baylor football great Santana Dodson, and here is part of that luncheon. Welcome. Howdy. (laughs) This is not Baylor Stadium, Floyd Casey Stadium. This is McLean Stadium. Little different than when you were here. Yes, a lot different, a lot different. You know, going back to my first time here, that would go all the way back to, let me work on my math here, carry a seven, that's a one. That's 35 years ago, I came up Highway 6, and it was August the 8th. I remember the date, that's crazy. So I was a 17-year-old freshman, and I remember coming up the same way I came up uh, yesterday, and I'm like, boy, it's hot. You know, and I'm coming up from Houston, and I'm like, it's hot in Houston, but it's really hot, you know, in Waco. So I recall those, uh, we had three-a-days back then on Floyd Casey Field. That's got to be illegal now, right? Is that? It is. Do they, they even know what, Coach, they even know what three-a-days would be? Like, <laughs> there would be chaos, right? <laughs> yeah, we had three-a-days. Uh, I remember a lot of Gatorade, a lot of water. And a lot of folks falling out on the field, on that turf. Yeah, yeah. so it was re- very different Floyd Casey years. Well, and that was the big difference. Every practice was on turf. Every practice. Right? There at the stadium, you didn't really have an option, did you? Yeah, you had no options. You had no options. You know, And, you, you know, you were young enough to think even, you know, the beginning of my career, every year in college I played for five years, you know, red shirt in four years. You know, when you're young, you think that stuff makes you real quick. You know, it's like running on turf or running on the carpet, running inside the house. It's real quick, you know. But, you know, that turf, you feel it a lot more three, four days after the game, you know. So it's tougher to get ready, you know, for the next game on the next Saturday. It, it lingers with you for a little while. Great high school career. Yates, uh, man, in their powerhouse. Uh, I think 36-4 and four was your record in high school, 5A state championship in there, highly recruited. How did you end up at Baylor? What was that recruitment process like? You know, um, the recruitment process was I was uh, a high school All-American, so I took five trips, um, took all my trips at the time. You can only have five and a couple of, a couple of other trips that are in the Texas area. And uh, I felt like it was my choice, but now as I reflect, you know, thinking back to my dad who played uh, at Grambling, um, and also my mom who Coach Taft came and sat in her living room with a lot of other coaches, but, you know, they made it sound like it was my choice, but now as I reflect, I'm like, they were kind of guiding me towards Waco. And, you know, I'm a big city kid coming up out of Houston, and I'm like, ah, not, not Waco. And they're like, no, no, but Coach Taft and his staff, they're real charismatic, and, you know, he's a guy that I feel real good about what he's saying, you know. And uh, so sometimes you, I don't want to call it lucky, but sometimes fortune 
really guide you. So after I made that Baylor decision, it was honestly probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. Uh, who, who was your position coach? Was it Coach Robert James? Coach James. Okay. Yeah, and Coach Fredenberg. Now, right. Coach, coach Fredenberg, I've got a lot of, we've got a lot of Pete-isms, Pete Fredenberg, but none of them I could really share with you on a, a platform like this. Um, is he here? I feel like he's here now. He, he might, should be. No, I don't think he is. Yeah, he might take me outside and make me run gassers if I... <laughs> but I played for some great coaches. Um... You know, Coach Taft was great at being a constant, making sure you're doing everything you were supposed to do on and off the field and inside of the community, the Baylor community. Um, so he was great. Um, Fredenberg was kind of that rowdy uncle that was always, you know, he was always starting something and getting you ready for fisticuffs or the big fight every weekend. He was that type of guy. But both of them were great coaches. You know, and Coach James was that mentor, that guy you knew you could go to if ever you needed anything on the field during the game or away from the field. So it was a great family network, and uh, I couldn't have played for three better coaches. Very cool. And you played with some great guys, I mean, especially on the defensive side. Uh, man, you guys, there were some studs on that those defensive teams. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, you, you end up – you know, it's all about mentorship and leading with, by example. And when I first got here, I played with guys like Eugene Hall, um, who also we went to the same high school, uh, named guys like James Francis, Robert Blackman. And we went into a lot of games, you know, uh, knowing that for us to be competitive, um, we, we would ha wouldn't, wouldn't be able to give up more than maybe a score or two. You know, we'd have to win games – honestly, 13 to 10 or 9 to 10 or three field goals and get out of there. So it really made for a competitive environment from a defensive standpoint because you knew that you had to protect every blade of grass. You know, you, one misstep could end up you get, having one in a losing column. So it was very important when we went out every Saturday that we really defended the whole 100-yard field, and we played like that. What are some uh, games during your time at Baylor that stand out? Oh, man, so many. Um, one that really stands out, of course, uh, people always talk about the Colorado game, the blocked field goal. Um, for you guys that don't know, Colorado was coming off a national championship. Uh, I believe that we had to go up there and play them. Um, so there was a field goal that I blocked in the fourth quarter that J.J. Joe and offense ends up taking it down and scoring. We won the game. But what sticks out to me more so is I had an injury before that last drive. So Colorado got the ball, and they had one more opportunity. So I had an injury to the, right before the blocked field goal. So I was able to block the field goal, but I was not able to go back in for that last drive. And I was going crazy on the sideline. Because, you know, as a player, you want to be able to affect the outcome of the game. And I felt like I wasn't able to get out there and finish it. So 
I was so glad that Hafford and Robert, Robin Jones and those guys were able to go complete the task. But when people ask me about that game, I always flash back to me actually being on the sideline that same that last drive of the game. How about that? Block field goal and ball bounced. I can remember the thump, thump. There were two thumps. Yeah. And him kicking the ball and then bouncing off your forearm. And it bounced all the way back beyond midfield. This guy right here, Brian Hand, is the guy that recovered that ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that was a big win, <laughs> Jeff Ireland field goal that won it. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Any other games in particular? I mean, it's, it's so many. Um, you know, particularly that, that Colorado game also, I do recall the fans and the enthusiasm because it was an away game, and then we flew back, and there were so many fans that were in the, in the, at the airport to greet us. And uh, you felt like it was a big deal going up there and winning the game, but when that plane landed and being embraced by the Baylor uh, community, it was outstanding. It was outstanding. Very cool. On to the pros. Start at Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Super Bowl, as I said, Super Bowl win with, uh, with Green Bay. How did your Baylor experience prepare you for, for the pros? You know, like I said earlier, I always felt like I was a big city guy. And coming to Waco where I don't think it was about 100,000 people maybe at that right. time. And then I remember doing a, an interview with Sports Illustrated. And, you know, the question came up with, well, what team would you want to play for? And, you know, you never have a choice in that matter. But I'm like, if you're going to ask a question, let me answer it. So I'm like, oh, yeah, it really doesn't matter, but I just don't want to go to a small town. Like, you know, no, no Green Bay or no Buffalo. And the opportunity to go to Green Bay and play along the likes of the Reggie Whites, um, Deshaun Jones, um, we were number one defensively. Um, that was the best choice that I made during my career. So a lot of times I share that with athletes and share that with kids in general because uh, I always say try the spinach. You know, spinach is my favorite vegetable, but I refuse to eat it up until the year of like 13, 14 years old, you know. And then once I tried it, I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. And I compare that Baylor opportunity and the Green Bay opportunity the same way because you, you look at things on the outside and you're like, oh, no, nah, it wouldn't work for me. I don't think it'll work. And then as we reflect, you're like, man, that was the best decision that I made. So I always tell kids, try the spinach, you know, try the spinach. So, I mean, the two cities are a lot alike. Um, they're family atmospheres. They're community-driven they appreciate their teams and their athletes, and they love football. So, you know, as an athlete, as somebody that's a professional athlete or a collegiate athlete, who could ask for anything more than being appreciated when you're in that arena? Uh, what was that Super Bowl season like? I mean, th a lot of things have to go right, don't they, to win a Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, a lot of things have to go right. Um, and that year they did go right, you know. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is I played in two Super Bowls and I was able to win a Super Bowl and lose a Super Bowl. And as an athlete, as a professional athlete, the Super Bowl we won in New Orleans, which is my original hometown, I just see flashes. You know, I remember the, the, the lights flash and the fireworks going off, a play here, a sack in the fourth quarter, things like that. But the Super Bowl we lost, I remember every play of that Super Bowl. 
you know. So as a true player and somebody that wants to master their craft, I think most times we're shaped on the losses and trying to make sure we never go to that valley again. You know, and you start understanding why football is the number one sport and most watched because you don't get seven times to do it, you know, like basketball or, or baseball. You know, typically in a seven-game series, your best team is going to end up finding a way to win that game. Football is different because you've got 60 minutes to figure it out and a halftime to adjust and go back out and try to fix things. And so it makes the viewer tune in because they like to be able to reflect and say, hey, you got 60 minutes to find a way and figure it out. You know, so I think that's really the reason that people really love the sport of football and really tune in on a weekly basis. You've uh, you got a little broadcasting uh, in your uh, post-playing career. Uh, you like that? Where do you think that might lead? It's fun, John. I mean, you, you taught me well, you know, all the interviews that we did around the way. Um, you know, broadcasting is great. Um, I've got one of the longest-running uh, shows in the Wisconsin market uh, as far as a Packer Ranch show. And I say it's great because you're never wrong. Because even when you're wrong, you get to bounce back the next day and say, well, this is why I was wrong. And if they would have done this, I would have been right. Right? So Life in the media. Yeah, life in right. the media is great. You know, it's almost like being that weatherman, like, it's going to rain, but it didn't rain. Well, here's why it didn't rain, because we got the high pressure. But if that high pressure wasn't there, we'd be all right. Right. That's good. I like that philosophy. And who's going to argue with you anyway, you know, if you are wrong? Right, exactly. <laughs> Would you like to uh, expand that, maybe do some, uh, you know, NFL TV games? Uh, you know, I think it's, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing a little bit of TV. I mean, you know, again, it's, it's being in that realm of uh, with like-minded people and enjoying the sport. Um, this is a game that I've been involved with since Little League when I was seven, eight years old. And, you know, the fact that I've gone to, I think, four out of seven continents and been able to talk on behalf of football and camp and camps and mentoring and radio shows and being asked to come speaks to groups of people. A lot of times I reflect and I'm just floored by it because, you know, again, it goes back to that decision you make at 17 years old that said, okay, this is going to be the next logical step, you know, and as long as you're pouring into it, things have typically always worked well for me and like-minded people. Nice. Very good. You had a daughter that came through Baylor and ran track here. What was that experience like for her and for you being the father of a student athlete? Okay. Now that's, I've got four, I've got a boy and three girls. So Amani, who was here doing track was my, she's my oldest daughter. And I'm proud of all my kids. She's, um, she has gotten her master's from Sam Houston. She got an undergrad in psychology here at Baylor. And um, she's up and working and almost out of my financial pockets. You know, dads, we, you, can, you can relate. Moms can relate, too. So she's almost out of my pocket. But, you know, going back to it, like, they were always here. They were up in the suites. Um, as after I retired and came back to Baylor for games, so they enjoyed it. Always, she still talks about Dr. Pepper floats and all that uh, that she set up there and drank and ate with the the president at the time. So, 
she was my kid that was always, what do you want to do this weekend? I'll just read a book or two, you know. I'm like, read a book? Like, I'm telling, I'm telling my wife, I'm like, look, we need a DNA test because <laughs> she, she can't be mine, right? She, she wants to read all weekend, right? But, you know, that, that's what she does now. She works at Rice University in Houston, and she, she works in their R&D department, and she is enjoying life. So, uh, you know, but she is the kid that always didn't mind the reading. She threw, she was a thrower here at Baylor. And uh, she enjoyed her four years here, definitely. And we got her out in four years. So that was my rule. You got four years to figure it out, then you're going to start paying for some stuff. Very cool. Well, it is uh, always great to have you back. We appreciate always you sharing with back. us today. You know you're welcome here anytime, but uh, we appreciate your time. Thanks for definitely, being here today. Definitely, definitely. Good to see you, Brian. That's, yeah, Brian. That's my roommate there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Santana Dotson.